You're listening to The Bombad Generals. General? Welcome back, everyone, to another podcast from The Bombad Generals. It's me, Matt. And I'm Seth. And we've got a very special guest today. We've got Mike Dashes Barry, who is joining us for a player-focused interview. No tournament. We just want to sit down with Mike and kind of pick his brain about all things Legion. Welcome, Mike. Hey, hey, hey. Glad to be here. So, Mike is a well-known name in the Legion community, I would say. First, I first became aware of you... Uh, when you were on The Notorious Scoundrels, which I listened to religiously starting out. You haven't played a lot of IRL stuff over COVID, but you were making top two, top four in Invader League. You know, so going very deep in online events. And then, of course, in this past Nova, getting back into real life play, making the semifinals there. So quite an accomplished Mm -hmm. player. Still searching for that marquee win to hang your hat on, but I feel like it's a matter of time with how far you're consistently making it in these events. Sometimes you just gotta keep shooting your shots, you know, and eventually, eventually you'll sink one. That's why I just went to as many tournaments as I could this year, because you just have to keep going until the breaks go your way. Yeah, it's rumored that the West Coast is of North America is weaker than the East Coast, so you probably just need to fly over to the West Coast and play Matt or something. I don't, I don't know about that. I actually, I think they're pretty even. And I also think, not to like dive down a rabbit hole, but like the play styles on West and East Coast are very different. Oh, that is an interesting rap, rabbit hole. Say more, say more. Let's get, let's get diverted from the start here. <laughs> I like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think in my experience, East Coast players tend to be a little bit more centered around a gun line style game. Okay. And that it's it's like more your classic like I want to be mm. blue on Vaps and like sit back and shoot type of type of situation, and I find that the West Coast players tend to be more on the I want to play bomb and run breakthrough mm. style style lists. Interesting, interesting. I can I can kind of see what you're saying. I think I'm very yeah, much yeah. more in that gun line thing. So maybe that gives me an advantage out here. Is that I'm a little bit weird for for the area, and then. Mm. Uh, that helps me, but that's how you think generally the East Coast plays. For you, what would you say your play style is? Yeah, so I I definitely play a little bit more like that. I would consider um, like that to be like the sta- like if there is a standard way to play Legion, I would probably put that in like the you know the standard meta bracket at least for like the first few years of the game. Um, and it's definitely you know being in a in a place where like. Kyle from Scoundrels and I um, have practiced a lot together and that's generally like when we're playing a game it's it's generally a lot more passive than uh, like the bomb and run breakthrough games uh, are you know we, we tend to you know flex towards uh, objectives that are tiebreakers that you break on points and you're looking to kind of just like kill a, kill a unit or two and then kind of fade away that's that's interesting to me because I feel like Within, maybe within that archetype, you are a more aggressive player than I am. I feel like just from our conversations, like you're you're diving hard with Jedi, you're making more aggressive plays with those gunline units. Am I way off base? Mm-hmm. Am I just thinking about your? No, you're you're not. <laughs> okay. You're not. So, so I would say um, 
my tendency to play the kind of like standard style lists is mainly because I've played against Kyle so many times and I know how strong it is. My tendency is to be far more aggressive, but I have learned that against uh, a a tenured good Legion player, aggression generally leads to disaster. Mm -hmm. Um, And... So I, I would say that I, I play more standard, but I tend to flex into more aggressive plays um, than than other people that play play in that same fashion. Um, you know, if if you put me and like five other people that are playing the same way, I'm I generally will take the more aggressive line, but I'm going to try and play the more passive list if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with like the your certain play styles have you settled on like a main faction that fits your play style um yeah so i i started out playing empire um it was real fun i played a lot of vader um when he was bad i just want to caveat that uh <laughs> and but i like nowadays vader before I'm pretty... he was cool i'm a legion yeah mixture. yeah and, and to be completely <laughs> honest i think he was good back then people just didn't really know what was going on mm-hmm. um you know i play republic now pretty much a hundred percent we'll see how long that lasts i imagine we'll talk about it over the course of this this oh, uh, I'm sure podcast come up. <laughs> yes yeah. and is that because mechanics or just you like white armor i i love the republic um i i played empire uh, at the start of the game just because like uh i like darth vader um and or the idea of playing Darth Vader. It was just like a cool thing. Mm-hmm. But as far as like the faction that I always wanted to play when Legion was released, it was Republic. Um, it just so happens that Republic has um, not only been really good, it's also a very uh, like low, low floor, high ceiling faction that rewards mm-hmm. skillful play, I find. Um, yeah. It's also really hard to play, which I find very rewarding. Playing Republic bad feels really bad but playing republic good is just like you you feel like you really every game is is kind of rewarding it does take a lot of skill to roll blocks on on red searching <laughs> dice all the time that's what i'll say the trick is the trick is to not have to roll those yes, searching blocks yes. let me tell ah. you they don't they don't search oh, they the amount of times that yeah. you need them to yeah. yeah, they definitely have more tools to jump off the dice train. Now, full transparency, I guess, for the listeners here. Part of part of why we've got you here is you know you're you're a, a teammate of ours on on Jar Jar Sphinx, mm-hmm. and we think that you've got a lot of really good insights. But also, part of it was we were kind of hoping that Republic would be getting some love with the uh, the points update, and we can sit and talk to you about new Republic list building. That yeah, yeah. that didn't quite happen. But, I mean, let's transition into it. Like, we've seen a lot of changes. We've seen all four rules articles now. There's still things to come out with the January 6th core or January 16th core rulebook update. But where's your head at right now as far as where you think the meta will go, what you're trying to build and if you find solutions if you're finding solutions in the republic i think i have a couple like topical things to say about that before we like dive into specifics fire yep go for Um, it so the first thing is that you know they've they've kind of outlined these changes as not being overhauls to the game um i i don't know how they could paint it that way and and i want to emphasize that because i think i think the changes that they've 
they've previewed are so dramatic that they they pretty much throw most of what we know about the game out the window. Yeah. Um, and and because of that, I actually think like I have no idea. Like like I have ideas on what could be good, obviously, but like at the end of the day, a lot of it is just theory crafting, and it's it most of it is good, like until we. T- test with the actual rules um it's really hard to say what's going to be good and bad and it's like the changes are significant enough that like i'm i'm actually pretty glad that the points adjustments were pretty minimal because even if they did a bunch of points adjustments i don't think it would have mattered because the the changes to the rules that they've outlined are so substantial that that it would probably be there's no way they could get it right yeah, I mean, I think yeah. as a result, maybe we'll have some things that are even more out of whack with what they cost. But it's kind of it is what it is when you get well. That's sort of what so I mean. Changes in, in yeah, is that like they could have like they either were not going to make changes to the points and everything was going to be out of whack, or they were going to make changes to the points and everything was going to be out of whack, yeah. anyways. So, it, so I, I'm I'm kind of glad that they. You know, when, when the points originally came out, I'm sure, like, you know, we we're all like, man, you know, where are the points adjustments we thought they were th- or were expecting? And I, I think at the end of the day, the it's good that they didn't just adjust everything. I agree that it's definitely a lot of overhaul. Like, they can say it's it's not. It, it is. It's it's a lot of an, a lot of things have been overhauled. I think a lot of concepts we've got will still kind of carry over. Like, it's still going to be good to... We talked in our last episode about Jedi are great because they won't roll dice. There's still going to be yeah. a lot of times when... Or we, or we just talked about it right now, right now. The trick is to not have to roll defense dice. Those sorts of things and those sorts of concepts, I think, will carry over. It's just going to be in very different ways now, right? I'm thinking especially, like, suppression and how that works with objective. Suppression yeah, is I, way easier to count on. Because you're basically Abs- not absolutely. rolling dice. Mm-hmm. I also to like riff off your your Jedi thing. I actually think Jedi take a major hit with all the rules adjustments that have come out. Because right now, if you dive with your Jedi um, and you lose them, you lose your Jedi, but you don't lose the game. In in the rules that have been put forth, and that like how panic is supposedly checking at all times during a game. Generally, unless you're playing like Operative Luke or Operative Vader or Operative Maul, your Jedi is also your highest courage unit on the board. Diving with your Jedi and getting them killed or or putting them in a position to get killed is way more dangerous because it takes that courage bubble off the board. And like, obviously losing that courage bubble was like already a thing you didn't, like you never want that to happen, but I actually think it imposes an additional level of risk. The, the thing though, thinking through that, like the, the four Caesars you named, Maul, Op Vader, Op Luke, they're, they're obviously very good. The other ones, I don't know, does Dooku take a, take a hit from that? I think... Someone like Anakin, Yoda, they can affect the game pretty well in those first few turns without diving and getting risky. So I think maybe they're going to be okay because they only need a couple rounds of engagement still. But Mm -hmm. is is someone like Dooku? I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, with Anakin or Yoda or Dooku or whatever, um, you know, there are times in, in games when you feel like you have to like kind of like put the game on their back. 
Mm. And I, th- I think you're going to be less likely to want to do that on an early turn. You know, you might want to do it a turn later than you normally would. Um, that's just kind of my feeling, uh, my gut feeling on it. I don't know. My, my general reaction to the, the suppression not allowing you to, to score if you are if you're have enough suppression to be panicked, basically, is... Like I, I'm not sure how that's going to play out. It it seems like it changes the course of turn six pretty pretty radically. That's that's um, going to be where all yeah. the changes, all, all the big changes are going to happen. I think. I mean, that and mobility, right? Like mobility, mm-hmm. just skyrocketed on all units. Yeah, everybody getting basically mini jump. You know, um, talk about buffing Darth Vader. Uh, you know, yep, <laughs> like. Um, between, you know, Master of Evil allowing him to dump a bunch of suppression at the end of the game and then basically giving him jump jump across buildings is, is pretty pretty wild. Um, he was already excellent without those two things. Um, and this is, you know, I'm glad they didn't change points because it's possible Vader's just going to have to go up 40 if these are the rules that we're going to be playing with. <laughs> 40 points. Um, finally, finally. But, that would be a nerf for Blizzard Force, though, so I don't think we can expect anything like that to happen. I mean, the other thing is, you know, it is a buff to Blizzard Force. There's, there's a ton of buffs to Blizzard Force here, but I actually think, um, despite the suppression rules kind of being meh, I think uh, it's a huge buff to vehicles like vehicles Absolutely. vehicles have gotten it seems like they're they're coming out of this way ahead in that mm-hmm. you know the line of sight changes allows them to draw from their silhouette which mm-hmm. is now like a lot bigger and and the fact that the fact that the suppression rules are very punishing to trooper units are don't affect vehicles it seems maybe there's something additional that will but it seems sort of unlikely i I think that that's that's a huge incentive to bring vehicles which i don't think is a bad thing vehicles have been pretty bad in this game overall um with the exception of like the triple speeder bike lists and like the token double aat list or whatever yeah i still foresee it like i still feel like a lot of the force users are very good and i'm personally going to struggle to leave home without one but do you think yep Maybe we see more of an even split in lists that have like a central force user and lists that have like a central tank unit, like an ATST, uh, Saber, AAT, those sort of things. Um, it's interesting. If we had had this interview a week ago, um, I would have told you that if you're not playing a force user in a competitive event, uh, you sh- you you and you and you're looking to win, like you probably shouldn't bother. I think I think. Force push is a mandatory upgrade in competitive lists in the pre-rules errata world that we've been living in. Um, I don't know if that will still be the case, uh, particularly if like vehicles do go up. I could see I could see that not being the case. I still feel force users are going to be really good, but maybe that's because I, the I, ones I play are, are operatives. Even someone like Palp. I definitely. I'm not saying the force users are going to be bad. I yeah. just. I. I'm not sure they're going to be mandatory. I hope they're not mandatory. I think it's kind of to me the fact that force push feels as mandatory as it is right now is a problem. Um, you should. You shouldn't have to take force push to win a game of legion i do think that that's kind of where we're at right now but you know i i do think you know vader with jump is strong palpatine with jump is super strong um there's some there's some really gimmicky stuff you can do with that you know the suppression rules also are very good to the um 
Jedi Sith units that are great. Given to your anger on Palp with the suppression rules is quite excellent. Um, Yoda with Jedi mind trick and just the fact that he can dump six suppression into the three acro- across three different targets is also huge in basically any activation. Y- Yoda's gone from somebody who can like change the the obj- the scoring potential the scoring unit potential on the last turn on average of like one to two to maybe three to four units now um it, which it, you know depending on how much suppression is on is on opposing units is is a really big deal you know vader vader just he can eliminate every scoring unit in contention uh if the um other side only has a courage two hero which which i think you know if we're kind of getting down to it I think the the biggest thing is that Courage 2 heroes probably like support heroes now. I, I'm not mm-hmm. sure you can bring a Courage 2 hero and and play a game of Intercept and Courage expect to score. Or like Courage 2 commanders. Courage 2 commanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, in, in that like, you know, uh, you know, it, across at the end of the game, like you're going to have two or three suppression on like several units naturally. Like right now, you know, if you're fighting over an intercept point, like you're going to have multiple units at the end of the game that are suppressed uh, with people not intentionally um, split firing to put down additional suppression, taking suppressive guns because of how suppression works. And as we kind of move into how that's going to work, I, I expect people to there are some there are some degenerate things you can do within the current rules to, to put down additional suppression tokens. <laughs> Yeah, so let's talk through then, I guess, maybe, like, where that leaves the different factions, because I feel like certain ones are getting hit a lot harder than others, right? Like, Rebels, you've got Commander Luke, and you've got Jin. That's, that's rough. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not ideal. Uh, you know, the, the Rebels are in a real tough spot with that. Um, they were in a tough spot before, too. Like, I just, it's like... It's kind of like my problem with Yoda, but like more so. It's like, yeah, I love Op Luke, but I don't know what to put around him. There's yeah. just not a lot that I love in there. Empire, I think, uh, they were already really good, but Aiden is a very strong uh, Courage 3 commander, especially if you're not running mm-hmm. a Force user very and strong. you want to run Aiden Boba or something like I think that's strong and then obviously you've got Commander Vader and, and Palpatine it's force users again for Gar and Sis right it's Obi Anakin uh-huh. Yoda Dooku and I think that's it for Courage 3 commanders in the game unless I'm missing someone uh there's there's some like interesting things you can do with like um you know you can take Chewbacca and then like attention intentionally guardian um like shots off off like you know, yeah. getting sh- your clone commander getting shot, and then all of a sudden you've got a, you know, um, an infinite courage Republic army. <laughs> um, yep. Sure, but then but, you're running Chewie clone commander, right? So you're probably yeah, yeah no sad. doubt. I'm yeah. not. I'm not saying it's good. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. like there. There are some caveats, uh, but I think, yeah, I I definitely think um, in that regard, it's it's going to incentivize people to take these force user units, but. You know, uh, my experience has been that force users are extremely hard to play, and people don't know how to, how and when to dive with them generally. Yeah. And I think I think people are gonna learn or get punished very quickly when their force users start dying. Um, mm-hmm. I also think in in that regard, though, 
um, auxiliary units that you can promote that have higher courage values are going to be amazing. So, like Inferno Squad mm-hmm. stocks way up. Already super good, but like, huh. but like way way up because all of a sudden you got a courage three unit you can promote to to your commander, right? Same with like a phase two five squad, right? Also courage three, um, pretty big deal. This this might change, but I believe right now the promotion happens in the end phase, which would mean. If someone like Darth Vader is trying to master of evil and let's say chop Iden in half on the end of turn six, I believe as it currently stands, you could then promote Inferno Squad and you still have a Courage Three Commander hanging around, right? So, yep, there is yeah. stuff assuming, like that. Assuming the timing window works the same way that it does yes. now. Yes, if it changes to yes. the start of yes. a round, you're hooped. That's not going to work anymore. I will say the one thing that Rebels have going for them in my opinion when it comes to kind of the suppression changes generally is uh i haven't actually done the math on this but i'm pretty confident in saying it is that they have i think the most sources of inspire naturally Mm -hmm. within their faction and inspire is pretty much the only ability that is going to let you um kind of interact with the suppression window between um your opponent putting suppression on an active uh, a unit you've already activated and the end of the game <laughs> if you've got order um, control to go late with that suppression that's the that's the thing yes. about master of evil it can backload so much but of course for that master of evil play to work they have to have probably at least two suppression on everything yeah right, so. yeah right so so like if you're able to to pick up some of that suppression or after you know if you've got three or four units sitting on two or three suppression and, and you're playing mm-hmm. a standard game with not vader you know your opponents kind of got to pick and choose who they suppress right and as long as you've yeah. got order control on whoever has inspire you'll be able to kind of assuming you're in range um deal with that yeah we could definitely it, see a two pip turning the tide come back yeah and i think lead by example it was already kind of gaining some sway as far mm-hmm, yeah. as people be taking it Once i think vigilance got I think, cut <laughs> right yeah. yeah um and and i think that uh lead by example might be our new mandatory command upgrade hmm. um kind of moving forward we'll see but i i expect it to go I think so. If you're if you're Shadow Collective, I think especially because we we missed talking about them when we went through the the Courage Three Commanders, but they don't have a yeah. Courage Three Commander who can share courage with their core because the core have self preservation, <laughs> right? So, mm-hmm. but they do have usually a lot of cheap units, you know, like Pike Capos with command slots. So for me, when I've been building it, I'm putting two copies of Lead by Example in there now. Yeah, I think I think you pretty much have to, um, particularly because a lot of what Shadow Collective is doing, you know, uh, not being able to use Maul's Courage Bubble aside, is putting down suppression tokens that wouldn't normally be on the table you know yeah. like like aid and dauntless both and and like the compel from uh what is it gar saxon mm-hmm. like all of them in order to use those abilities you're putting additional suppression tokens down which before was kind of free right like up until now you're like oh i took an additional suppression as long as my unit doesn't panic on its rally step i kind of have things under control but if all of a sudden you know Dauntless in at the end of the game to 
get your dude within scoring range adds an additional suppression and makes it easier for that unit to not count mm-hmm. um all of a sudden you you've got to manage it way more so we've talked a lot about force users so now let's say you are going to whatever lvo some tournament and you've decided i don't want to do force a force user list where is your head at? Where are you starting with? What are the first things you're reaching for? So the first fun answer is the 501st. I actually have played a lot of 501st pre-nerfs um, and stuff. Yeah. I don't think it's nearly as bad as people think it is. Um, and I am one of those people that thinks it's bad. Or, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not a competitive list. But it is a fun list, and I have yet to lose a game with it. The trick for me with the 501st list is you got to take heavy weapons on your barks and treat them like they were core units hmm. as far as offensive capability goes. Um, you can't treat them like normal barks that are like bombing run barks. They're basically your like fourth and fifth core units where your other core units are like full arc teams. And... Um, and, and they basically, obviously they don't score like a core unit, but as far as offensive capability goes, like a seven die aimed bark shot is still really, it, it's on par with Z6 shot most of the time. The, you know, if I were to go to a competitive list with a competitive event without practicing, I'd be playing Aiden, some version of, of like Aiden Boba probably. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And in addition to that, like I think just having Inferno squad around. In, Inferno is... <laughs> is I think maybe the most efficient non-hero unit in the game. I think I think they're like 80, 86 points or something like that. Sounds about um, right. They're, they're coming in just under yeah. 90. They don't really need any upgrades. 88. If you're doing anything, yeah. you're probably putting the um, emergency emergency transponder on them for four points. Like you don't really need O-Push, which went up by, by two. So two. they're good. Yeah. Yeah, and and there's also like they have additional perks on them now in that they can split fire three ways if you need them to. I think if I have time to test, um, which I definitely am not going to have time to test before LVO. In one week, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I think I really want to look at Han. I think Reckless Diversion with the rules that we've seen is absolutely busted. In, In addition... To change of plans, actually, I mean, like change of plans is an amazing card. It's really good. Um, mm-hmm. But it also like being able to stop a master of evil drop on five or six. I think is is mm-hmm. a huge deal. Um, you you've got to have a plan for that. I think moving forward, um, and change of plans is a really good one as long yeah. as you keep on alive, right? Yeah, let's um, talk Han, because I want to I I have been looking a lot at Han as well and I think it's the same thing. What are we putting around him? Are we putting him with Luke? If not, how are we how are we hedging against a Jedi in our lines? I have not been able to build a rebel list that doesn't have operative Luke in it that I like. Um in any way, shape or form. Uh, I think that there probably exists a list that is I think you know, if 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 Shadow Collective Pikelifts become less common, which I'm not confident of, but but it's possible with that the suppression changes are hit them hard enough that they they might see less play. Um, I think Double Airspeeder will come back with a vengeance. Yeah, I think the only thing really holding Double Airspeeder back um, was the Pikes 
and DSD spider droids. The spider droids have been nerfed into the ground with the latest update. Um, so if if there are less pikes on the table, I can see the airspeeder as being good. I also think, you know, people don't talk about this a ton, but I think the airspeeders are actually pretty good at finding and killing Maul in those lists before mm. he's actually able to engage. Lizard is what scares me with air speeders. They are just yes. still so flimsy with seven yeah, health. Totally. The native impact in the blizzard lists mm-hmm. is is a is a big deal. Um at the end of the day, if nothing if everything we know right now turns out to be true and nothing else changes I'm playing. I'm playing Blizzard. At, yeah, you kind of have to. It's, I think if you want to have the best chance, I I have I have I have hopes that that is not going to be the case. I think yeah, there are going to be be changes that that I think what what the last two weeks has definitely shown me is that despite what they told us originally, which is that this is not an overhaul, it definitely is an overhaul, and they have not showed us the even close to the tip of the iceberg, I think. Mm. I, you know, whether that's just because they want us to feel safe and snug in our beds at night, that our game isn't changing, even though it is, or it's because they actually don't understand how much they've changed it, I think is an open question. Mm -hmm. But um, I definitely think, like, there is no way on, you know, Vader's green earth here that... There is not a bunch of keyword and errata changes that are, is coming behind this. Yeah, if it has been well thought out, there there has to be a ton of additional card text changes and keyword changes if they're going to do this right. And I'm going to hold out hope for that. Well, Mike, it's it's been a pleasure to have you on the Bombad Generals. Yeah, do you want to plug anything, Mike, while you're here? Yeah, totally. So, um, you know, I might not be on Scoundrels anymore, but I am on twitch.tv slash dashes TV from time to time. Um, I'm trying to do it more regularly. It's been a little bit slow recently just with um, I've been playing and traveling to a lot of games. So, um yeah, so if you're looking to hear more content from me, that's where you can find me. Yeah, we'll link it. We'll link it below. Definitely check out his Twitch channel. Uh, Mike has been a pleasure, and stay Gunkin. This has been the Bomb Bad Generals. Listening to Bomb Bad Generals is not scientifically proven to make you a better Legion player. Side effects may include bad dice rolls, missed triggers, game losses, bankruptcy, divorce, vomiting, and sudden death. Ask your doctor if Bomb Bad Generals is right for you.